Welcome to the Victor Collins Sabre podcast. We pray the Holy Spirit will speak to you and stir you up as you listen to this anointed, transformative, and down-to-earth teaching by Bishop Collins. Discover how God can change your life and ministry forever. Enjoy the message. Thank you for the gathering of your people. Bless our time together. Let us experience your power, your presence, and your grace over our lives. I pray, Lord, we will not leave your presence the same as we came. Commit everyone into your hands. Let there be a conviction. Let the Spirit of the Lord move. The Bible says, before the earth and the heavens were created, the earth was without form nor void. As we have come here, Lord, there is no form, there is no void. And the Spirit of the Lord that is brooding over us, bring formation, bring structure, and bring order into our lives. Thank you for what you have accomplished tonight. In Jesus' name, Amen. Wow. God bless you. You may be seated. All right. Welcome. I'm sure I'm, I've seen some people for the first time. Yo. This banner. Interesting. He looks like a professor now. <laughs> he disguised himself. Welcome to our new big home, the Lord. This is where we've been. This is where you're tight. You're tight. You used to pay. It bought some blocks here. It means you belong to the house. I'm sure I know some of you. I don't know some of you. Shania, my granddaughter. <laughs> Beautiful. What's you? That's your, your, your guy. We've not seen him in a while. What's the name again? Hazim. Hazim. How you do, Hazim? You good? Right. Is that your your sweetie? Your babaloo? Oh, nice. nice. It's good to see all of you. Those I know and those I do not know. Anita, is that your twin? Okay, she looks like you. <laughs> Hi. Well, my name is Collins. My name is Brother Collins. Alright? And it's a pleasure to meet you. My, my, my guy in the green. What is, it? is that Eric? Eric, right? Who are you looking at? There's nobody behind you, Eric. Why are you dressed up like a bandit? You don't want to, you don't want to take off the thing? Nah, you don't want to take it out. You feeling, you feeling cold? You're here in court. Why are you looking out? You looking for some girl or something? No, okay. <laughs> All right. Joshua chapter one. We're looking at enlargement, the secrets of enlargement. You like it? I like it too, the secrets of enlargement. Who are those on the control? Epson and her cousin. All right. Cousin, you are right there? Okay. Epson and she cousin. <laughs> Enlargement secrets. Enlargement secrets. So basically what we are saying for those who um, are here for the first time or for even those who have been around a few times. We started this Saturday uh, afternoon service about four weeks ago. This, this is probably our fourth, this is our fourth service. You know, and God is helping us. Yeah. Very soon you see that the whole place will be filled. When, when, when Eric 
you know, behaves himself. I'm sure he will bring all his friends. So this, this service is going to get bigger. Amen. We're believing God for that. All right. Now, what we are studying, what we are learning is enlargement. The secrets of enlargement or enlargement secrets. When we say enlargement, we are talking about becoming bigger. It means going forward. Can you hear what I'm saying? Becoming bigger. Moving forward. Going up. Rising up. Getting more bigger. And I believe that many of us, if not all of us, want to do well in life. Another, another way you, have, you can see enlargement is doing well. I believe everybody wants to do well. I think the person who does not want to do well is not here. Am I correct? Do you want to do well, sir? You want to do well in life, isn't it? I also want to do well in life. But there are secrets to doing well in life. And so the Bible says in Joshua, the book of Joshua chapter 1, and in the church, in the church, what we believe in and what guides us is not Kaichio news. What we believe in the church that guides us is not old people say. It's not what me mother say. It's not what me father say. It's not what I accustomed to. It's not how I stay in the church. What works, the law and the rule we use is the Bible. Somebody say the Bible. And so the Bible is ah. I hope that G, because I think there was some Bible we wanted to, we we're gonna give to those. Yeah, we, we, you you know it. Yeah, okay, it's him, right? G, I don't think it's him. Some white care. Is okay. So he's supposed to know about that, right? We shouldn't forget. So the Bible is what we need to understand because it is the Bible that works for all of us. It's not what I think. It is what the Bible says. Because the moment you begin to bring out what people think, you see there will be confusion. Especially if you like, when God mostly say, what frets you today? Or what frets you? You can see what, what frets you this morning. You see all kinds of things. Now, if you open... Uh, any, any issue up. For example, if this church here, as we are here, if we were to vote and say, how many of you want the church to go to number two canal? How many agree that at the end of the vote, I will not be able to move the church to the number two canal? How many agree with me? If you understand what I'm saying. People have their own opinions. Everybody have a way they think. If, if I say, okay, should we stop and eat now and then we continue? Some people say, yeah, I'm hungry. Some people say, nah, me want no food. Some people say, well, I want to eat, but I ain't like rice. I like charming. It will be a confused set of meetings. Are you, are you following? Are you here? Are you following? Eric, are you following? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I like that. So, that is why 
in the church, the only thing that controls us is the law. Like in Guyana, the one thing that controls all Guyanese is the law. Except that the law, PJ, come forward, come forward, come, come, if you come forward, it's too far. Come, sweetie, come, come. There's some seats on the, on the side there, on the left side. That's right, yeah. We can, if we're even alone, we can go to the, the right side so I can come in the middle properly, isn't it? And so when more people come, they can go this way. Is that okay? So we have a, a, a proper setup. So in Guyana, what happens is, is that it's the law of Guyana that is over all of us. You get it? One of the problems is that sometimes the laws, <laughs> the laws don't work. Yeah? But it is the law that is over all of us. In the same way, it's your attention here. In the same way, when you come to the church, it's not what the bishop thinks. It's not what the brother thinks. It's not what the sister thinks. It is more of what the Bible says. Eric, believe, yeah? So now, cool. Can can we? Yeah? (laughs) Just focus. Right? And please... Your phone should be on silent and don't answer phones, okay? If, if everybody's phone ring now, there won't be any church anymore. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So this young lady's phone rang. She went to answer. Okay, the next time your phone rings, then your phone rings, then my phone rings, then I stop preaching. You see that we have some confused people sitting down here. So to maintain some kind of order, put your phone on silent. If you're going to use it, if your Bible is on it. If your Bible is not on it, then turn it off. But don't get up and answer a phone call. Just for about 45 minutes, we'll be done. And then we all go home. All right? Me too, I'm very important. Somebody wants to talk to me. But I'm, I'm, I'm not ask, answering my phone now because I am busy with what is happening in the church. So develop that. That's why I'm saying that. It's not what you are accustomed to or how you stay there must be one rule that affects all of us as we've come into the church. As much as it's not in the Bible that you should turn off your phone when you come to church, we think that it is disorderly. One thing I know the Bible says is that God is not the author of confusion. And so if we are not going to turn off our phones or put it on silence, and we're going to get up and pick up phones and answer phone calls, it will be, it'll be confusion. Yeah, so let's, let's understand. Those who came over here, if you saw the harbor bridge, the confusion... The traffic. That, that's what happens when people don't have a certain kind of room. And we like it. We like in our country, we like confusion. And the bridge is going to bring confusion all the time. And then we will, we will struggle and we'll, all kinds of things. Anyway, I'm saying that there are secrets to moving forward in life. Are you with me? There are secrets in moving forward in life. There are secrets in doing well. There are secrets in going up. And everybody here must desire to go up. Everybody here must desire to upgrade your level of life, your level of living. You shouldn't be satisfied with what you have now. I say you shouldn't be satisfied with what you have now. You should try and move forward. My friend, isn't it? You should try and move forward. Because as, as you grow, a lot of things are going to become very important and very necessary. And so you should have a mindset of wanting to do well. Hallelujah. If you're a little older, you understand what I mean. A time comes that you need your own space. A time comes that if you have a little vehicle or a little bike, it will help you. 
And times come when if your salary is 50,000, if it becomes 70,000, it will be an advantage. And so as you go along, it, it is expected that your life gets better. But it's not, it's not automatic. It, doesn't, it does not just happen. That's why you see people who take this job and they'll leave, they'll take this job, they'll leave, they'll take this job and they'll leave because you, you, when you get into a job, you expect that things will get better, but it doesn't just get better because things just don't happen. It is not from self spreaking Are you with me? So I'm just giving you a, a foundation that we are learning from the Bible because it is the Bible that is the only place all of us must listen and subject ourselves to. So the secret to going forward and moving forward and getting bigger, which is the secret, enlargement secrets, is coming from the Bible. And so in chapter 1 of the book of Joshua, verse 1, chapter 1 and verse 1. Joshua chapter 1 and the first verse. What does it say? The Bible says, Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass, all right. It came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua. Give me a living translation. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he said. Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people. During our first, first service four weeks ago, I explained that when somebody dies in your life, it's not the end of life. It is likely to be the beginning of a better, better life for you. Because that's what is happening here. Joshua was helping the big man, the leader, Moses. And he died. When he died... It wasn't the end of his life. God said, well, now your boss man is dead. Now step into the place of a boss. Which is a sign of enlargement. It's a sign of moving forward. It's a sign of going higher. Because if you are nobody at a place, and then there's a vacancy of a manager, and then from nowhere, you are asked to be the manager, it's enlargement. It's moving forward. And I'm sure that when you become a manager, your salary will double. How many will be happy for your, your salary to double? Hey, I'll be happy that Lighthouse will double my salary. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. And I'm sure that when you, when you are from nowhere and you become a manager, I'm sure you probably have a vehicle. In some companies, they even give you a free cell phone where all your phone calls are paid by the, by, by the, by the company. And then sometimes you go out, you travel. They pay for you to go on courses abroad, to go for this in Trinidad, to go for this in America, like that. When you become a manager, your life changes. It's far better than when you are nothing. That is what we are talking about. And it is God who is able to take you from nowhere and bring you somewhere. I say it is only God who is able to take you from nowhere to somewhere. And so God told Joshua, he says, you know what? Moses, my servant, is dead. Now it's your turn to become the boss man. So he says, you are going to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. So Moses is gone. The people who Moses is leading, they are yet to get to the land where God promised them. 
Remember, there's a river right in front of them called the Jordan River, which means that as Joshua has stepped into the shoes of Moses, he will have to now take the people across the river. It's a task. For you to step into where God wants you to get to, it's a task. It just does not happen. It's not automatic. There are many people, there are many people who, if you want to talk about marriage, if you talk about marriage, for example, there are many people who enter into relationships, but it's very difficult to get married. People like to make children, child mother, child father, but for the man to marry you, it's not a simple thing. Men don't marry just so. No. So even if marriage for you as a woman is what you desire, you have a man, that's not the end of it. What is ahead of you is like the Jordan River. You need some supernatural help to cross the river. You need God to tell the bye, bye, hey, stop them foolishness and marry the girl. You, you, you need God to come into your business. I'm telling you. It's not your face powder that will make a man marry you. It's not your bamsi that will make a man marry you. Nah. No, no, no. It's not your eye wake that will make a man marry you. It's, not, it's like a Jordan River. <laughs> verse 2, verse 3. He says that, I promise you what I promised Moses. So God is saying that, what I did for another Christian who is high there, I, I'm giving you that same promise. He said, wherever you set your foot, you, uh, you will be on land I have given you. So God is giving you a promise. God has promised us. God loves us. Verse 4, he says, from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. God is explaining to Joshua the, the extent to which he can enlarge him. I'm telling you, God has a plan to enlarge you so much so that you go to America and not just live, go and come. Go and come. People who go to America and come, they are better than those who go there and live. You didn't hear what I said. I said, people who go to America and come back and go and come back, they are far better than those who go there and live. Because when you go there and live, you become like a slave. You have to work two jobs. And then when we call you and say, please for some little $50, you say tomorrow and then you never send it. Yeah. But, oh, you're here in Guyana. Oh, we enjoy ourselves. When it's Marshall Money, we enjoy ourselves. We do all them stupidness. We do whatever we can. We can stop by the road and pee on the roadside and just get back into the car and drive away. Nice country we have. So God is telling Joshua, uh, this is your boundary. This is your border. The Negev, the Ephraim River. It's like you'll be great. You build houses. You have cars. Your children will be rich. You will have money. I mean, 10 cars in your yard. Can you believe that? Can you believe that you can have 10 cars in your yard? He's he's telling them. He said, from the Negev wilderness in the south to Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. That is 
that is the extent of the blessings and the promise God wants and is taking you into. Enlargement, enlargement. And enlargement is coming for you, I'm telling you. Enlargement is coming for you. I believe in enlargement. Then he goes to verse 5. He says, No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. Wow. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. This is God telling his people, God telling you that, you know, where I want you to go to, nobody can challenge you. Yeah. Yes. You see, in life, sometimes you can have something and then it will be taken away from you. It's true. I like to talk about child mother and child father because it's a very nice area to see that things just don't happen. You, you, you wake up, you grow up with a boy and then you get, you get a baby together. Before you realize, somebody has come to take the man from you. Yeah. By the time the baby starts sitting down, some, some woman go with you child father already. <laughs> And so he says, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. Because when God is on your side, nobody can bring you down. When God lifts you up, nobody can take you down. If God says yes, nobody can say no. Are you listening to what I'm telling you this evening? So when God says, I am with you, you should not be afraid. He says, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Now, I want to ask you a question. Do you like to hear this or you like to hear what your boss man wants to tell you that oh, this is a good place, this is a nice working place, you know, which one do you want? I'll raise your pay and they don't raise your pay. Then things become difficult when you don't expect things to become difficult. Now, all kinds of things. What do you want? Do you want God to tell you that I will not fail you? Or you want your boss to tell you I will not fail you? Which one do you like? the one that is on the screen. I like God to tell him that he will not fail me. And that is the enlargement God wants to bring you into. He says, I will not fail you or abandon you. Verse 6. He says, be strong and courageous. So, finding this church, finding this place is going to lead you to enlargement. You, you just have to be strong because if you are not strong, you will not be able to come every Saturday. <laughs> if is it, it, coming here to serve God, if you, if, you, if you any church, it takes strength because a Saturday will come, something will. So far, I think Shania has won the prize. She's been here all four Saturdays. I'm sure there's one or two people who have been here, like about at least Shania. Remember, if there's any prize, it goes to Shania. She's the only one, huh? Yeah, apart from me. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, for the mic. He's, she's been here. It takes strength and courage to come to church every Saturday. It takes strength. Because some Saturdays, see, somebody was telling me um, that today is their birthday. So they won't come to church today, they'll come to church next Saturday. I said, hey, hey. How can you tell God it's my birthday and I'll see you next in two weeks? So the last Saturday, the, last, the person was here last Saturday. So it's going to be next two weeks' time that the person is going to come and see God. If you are not strong on your birthday, you will not come to church. 
That's why God is giving you a warning or cautioning you that this is what I want to do for you, but all you have to do is that you have to be strong. I will not leave you or abandon you. I will do that, but on your part, you have to be strong. You have to be courageous. Because as much as I promise you that I will do this, if you are weak and you are fearful or you are not courageous, what I will do, it will not happen because you will not be where I want you to be to give you what I want to give you. Is somebody listening to me tonight? <laughs> be strong and courageous. For you are the one who lead these people to possess all the land I swore to the ancestors I would give them. The place where God wants you to be, you are the only one he has called to be there. Do you know that all of us are not the same? Did you know that all these fingers are not the same? That you cannot look at somebody and, and, and be sad. You cannot look at somebody and compare because every single person in the sight of God is different. Did you know that? The person who's sitting next to you, the plan that God has for them is not the same as the plan that God has for you. So it is, it is very stupid to look at your sister, to look at your cousin, to look at your colleague at work and then be jealous of them and be envious of them because they have something that you wish or you want and you don't have. Look at what he said. He said, for you are the one. You are the one. Nobody else but you. You are the only one. You are the one who will lead these people to possess. I am the one God has called to lead you here. I am the one. I am the one. <laughs> you also are the one who is supposed to lead somebody or do something for somebody. You are the only one God has picked. Seven. <laughs> be strong. You see, again, he says, be strong. Because you are the only one. And when you are the only one to do something, there's no other choice. There's no other option. So if you don't, if you are not strong, it means that God's purpose in a particular direction will not happen. Should I say it again? If you are the only one God has called to open this door, if you don't come and open it, it means that this door will never open. Nobody else has the key. It means that you are going to force God to change his mind and change his plans. Because you are not strong, you are not courageous. So now, somebody else who is not supposed to be in the picture now has to come to the picture. So God has now gone do a selection process again. Because this door, the opening of this door, was only given to you. So sometimes when people complain, and they criticize things. What they don't understand is that they are probably the ones who are supposed to be in that thing instead of the person who is there. And that's why there's problems. When you see something that somebody doesn't see, it means that you are the one who's supposed to be doing that thing that you are seeing. <laughs> but you see, you will talk from the outside because you don't understand that you are the one. Because the fact that you can see and the person who is inside cannot see, it's a very fantastic thing. <laughs> it's, it's you. Be strong and be courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Stay on course. 
Are you going to stay on course? Are you going to stay on course? If it's your first time here, can you continue coming here every Saturday? Can you stay on course? Can you stay on course? Do you have the ability to stay on course? Many people can't do that. Many people can't do that. Because as, as you are on course, a lot of things will come your way. That's why God said, you see, as me, I, God said me, as for me, God, I know people. I know people, they start something, they don't finish it. They start small, they say they're tired. They start and they say they're unable. And so as I am giving you this promise that I will bless you, you have to be strong and courageous because I know human beings. I can tell you, I've been doing this work for 18 years here in Guyana. I know people come, they don't stay, they go, they come. The Lord, the Lord can tell you. You go, you go, ah, and then somebody finds you. It should tell you that this is the place you belong. I'm telling you. <laughs> That's why God says, be strong and be courageous because he knows how we are. He knows us. As much as he has great things for us, he knows that we are a set of confused people. When there's a small problem, we, we will change. Verse 8 is what we are, we are basing our study on. Verse 8, very beautiful verse. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. He says, Study this book of instruction continually. So this tells you that there is a book. There is a book. The book is the Bible. In the days of Joshua, it was the laws of Moses that Moses gave to the Israelites, which has increased now that we know it as the Bible. He said, study this book of instruction carefully and continually. Then he says, meditate. That's the word we're using now, if you can highlight it. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything in it only then somebody say only then only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do so as we have read from verse 1 coming you see that God told Joshua it's your turn now to become great then he told him that I'll promise you I'll be with you wherever you step it will be for you I, I, I'm actually defining the borders and the enlargement that I will send you into. But there is something you need to do if you are going to succeed. He says that the book, the book, the Bible, the book of instruction, he says that you should study it continually. Then he says, meditate on it day and night so that you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. It means that the reason why we don't obey the Bible is that we don't meditate on the scriptures. If only we will study it continually and meditate and observe to do what is in the Bible, then the Bible, God says that, then we will prosper and succeed. Then we will be enlarged. And so I started talking about meditation last week. Meditation. Enlargement through meditation. Now, when you say meditation, a lot of people get confused. In fact, last week, a gentleman came to me after the service and then he began to talk to me about what he thinks meditation is. 
And I know what he was talking about. Because meditation, many people in the world see meditation as something even evil. If you know yoga, yoga, people who do yoga, people, the Buddhists and all of that, they meditate. You get it? And meditation is something that can actually, it's a spiritual thing. Now, if you don't know what meditation is properly, you will find yourself in a realm that you are not used to and you become confused. That is why the Bible says, meditate on it. So, bring your mind, meditate is to think about, to think over and over, to think deeply, to, to ponder over something. He says, don't just ponder over anything. Ponder or think or meditate about the word. It is when you meditate off the word of God, that's where confusion comes. Because some people meditate and they actually leave their bodies. There are cases like that where people sit down very quietly and they meditate. Their mind is on something abstract and they begin to leave their body. Some people even get off the floor. Physically, they begin to suspend and that comes through meditation. Oh yes. If you do the wrong meditation, you find yourself getting up from your chair. You'll be up there. You'll be very surprised. Then you become confused. Then, then you get lost. Then you wonder what is happening. But people who are able to master that, they begin to even become possessed. Demons and devils work with them because they enter a realm where they don't understand. That is what the Bible says. Meditate on it. On what? On the word of the Lord. Are you with me? So, many people don't think too much about a lot of things. You see, if we were to think about the Harbor Bridge deeply, we would have a bridge within six months. <laughs> In fact, we will even get another bridge that will not retract. But the new bridge that you are going to construct for us it's still going to retract which means that for the next 20 years again we'll still be ah bridge open bridge open bridge open it means like God it's like God has cursed us as long as you are coming this side sometimes you gotta wait for the bridge to open and close which is not true the only thing is that we have not meditated on it and therefore, revelation has not come. Some secrets have not come. And we are not able to use those secrets to live our lives. Now, if you meditate on life very deeply, you see that you, 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 you'll be different. Many people fool in life. Many people find themselves in jail. You see, because people have been going to jail over and over again. Young people, people killing each other, people smoking weed, all kinds of things people do. You'll find yourself in that same cycle because you don't think deep. Because if you were to think about some of these things, you say, you know what? What happens to people when they go to jail? Did you know that when, when you go to jail, you always want to go to jail? That, that, that's what it is. People who go to jail, they always want to go to jail. Because what happens is that if they, they go to jail for two years, they build a life in jail. So when they come back out, 
they can't fit him because what you see is a oh, here's a jail man. He went to jail the other day. So they feel rejected in the normal society. So they are forced to go and do something bad again so they can take them back to the, the place where they were for two years. I mean, how can you live in a place for two years and somebody says, okay, now you can't live here anymore and you will not think about where you used to live for two years. So jail becomes some people's lives. But you see, if you were to think about this, if you were to be exposed to this and think about it and think about it, you see that you know what? You would never want to do something to go to jail. Many people go to funerals and they don't think deep. When you go to funerals, you just black out. You black out. They will take like a car and put your nose, you get up and you black out again. You don't think when you go to funeral. Because if you, think, if you were to think, then you would, you would say, hey, me too, one day I will also be lying in a coffin. Have you thought about it? That one day you will also be lying down at the parlor and you can't say nothing and the fly will come and, and st- come to your mouth like that and you can't take your hands and do so. Somebody will have to take their hand and do so for you. The people buy cheap Chinese perfume and do pss, 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 pss. and even though you don't like it but you can't say nothing they have to put uh, uh, crazy glue on your lips to push your mouth so you don't open your mouth as you are lying down in the coffin even your eyes some people because of the wickedness when they die their eyes don't close <laughs> so, so they have to put something around your eye so that when they do this your eye will close because they don't want people to come and see your eye open like that because you're too wicked if you go to the parlor and you sit down and you think deep about death you will begin to wonder so, so what, what, what happens to this is my, my auntie who died. Where is she? Where is she? She's not the one lying down there. So, so where is she? The auntie who used to go to the market, who had a stall in the market, who used to come, who I used to visit. So what, what is, she's in the coffin. So, so where, where is the life? Where is her life? Then you begin to think, maybe, maybe when people die, they are not dead. They go somewhere. The body is left here, but that which gives them life is gone somewhere. Where has it gone to? Does good good spirits go to the same place like bad spirits? If you think that Feynman Rollins was a wicked man, and you think that Desmond Hoyt was a good man, do you think that as they leave their body, they all go and be in the same place? It's not likely. Because even here on earth, people go, there are people who go to jail and there are people who just go home. Two different places that people go to depending on how their lifestyle is. So if you meditate, you, you, you will think and you understand that this thing that I see, this body that I see, it is not the end. There is something beyond where my auntie is lying. There is something beyond this coffin. It begin to help you to understand, to ask questions, to understand what happens after your life. But people don't think so deep. So we go to funerals and we get drunk. 
funerals and we backbiting. You go to funeral in a short dress and then your body is showing. And you say that you are sad. You cannot be sad when your body is showing. You cannot be sad. I've never seen somebody whose body is showing with a short dress who is sad before. If you are sad, you will not even dress up. If you are sad, even your hair, you will not fix your hair. That's what I know. That when you are sad, you don't even shave. When you are not feeling good, you don't even wear proper clothes. When you are not feeling good, you don't even want to come out. You don't even eat when you are not feeling good. I see people eating cook cup at wake. People eating cook cup at wake. Drinking rum and, 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 and mint in your mouth. When you finish cook up, you pick it out your teeth like that. And you eating mint. You, 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 you are not sad. Yeah. You're, you're, you're not thinking deep about death. But God is telling Joshua that the place I want to take you to, the north, the south, the east, the west, the boundaries I showed you, if you are going to succeed in that project, you will have to be somebody who meditates. And you meditate on the word of God. Then you will prosper. And you succeed. And so, I'm going to give you some points now. If you're ready to write, get ready. What is meditation? Number one. What is meditation? Number one. Number one, meditation is the art of becoming successful. Meditation is the art of becoming successful. Meditation is the art of becoming successful. The scripture is right there. Meditate. Only then will you prosper and succeed. Meditate day and night. Because the meditation will help you to obey. A lot of disobedience is because people don't meditate. Yeah. You see, I think, I don't know who, who I was talking to. Then I was explaining that, you see, people in life, we like quick things. When you are sick and you go to the hospital, you want to be helped quick. Then, when you also go to the doctor, you want the doctor to give you something that will help you one day, two day, and then sickness problem gone. But, have you not thought about when the pandemic was at its peak? Look at all the things they taught us to prevent diseases. You say, cover your mouth. Don't do... <laughs> when people are there, cover your mouth. They say, wash your hands. They say, vitamin C. All those things. Which means that, really and truly, it is good to prevent things than to allow those things to happen. I think, yeah, we're talking about marriage counseling, yeah. So I say, you know what? People 
don't want the marriage counseling because what they want is when they get problem in marriage, they want to come and see you and then you press a button and the problem is gone. Until the next time, then they get paracetamol again. The next time, they get Biko. Next time, they get amoxicillin. That's how people want to live their lives. They don't want to build their lives on a foundation of prevention better than cure. People want cure. And they want cure now. So he said, oh, don't eat sugar too much. No. I sweet mouth. I got to eat chocolate. I got to drink Cokes. Hey, Cokes is not good. You know, say, man, I like Cokes, man. When you get to about 50, 60 years old, they see that Cokes has actually destroyed a lot of things in your life. Now, when you go to the doctor, you want the doctor to be a magician and press a button and all the things that you have made Cokes do in your stomach, you want it to go. Doctor can help you. But people don't think deep about so many things. So, so they like quick fixes. The Bible says, if you meditate, then it will even help you to do some good things. Meditate and day and night. So you will be sure. People who don't obey things, they have not thought twice about it. People who do not obey disobedience is because people don't think deep. Because if you were to think what will happen to me if I don't follow this thing? You will not do. You will not do it. I remember when I was going to school. My father told me, bye. Stop following them girls. Study. He said, study. He said, study and become a doctor. Study. Leave them girls. No, I ain't thinking too much about what daddy say, man. No, no, no. I didn't listen to daddy. I got me girlfriend. Because I, 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 I believe that I could have a girlfriend and study and pass my exams anyway. Because I don't know, I mean, having a girlfriend and failing, who is that? No, he's not intelligent. I can have girlfriend and I can study and pass my exams. Until, I can, until you realize that the time that you have to study, you and this girl standing in the corner and you hugging up and you hugging up and hugging up is too nice. That by the time you finish hugging up, you're tired, you want to sleep. Then you see that your colleagues who have been thinking deep, they have been studying whilst you were hugging up, they were studying. Once you are tired, you went to sleep, they are studying. If I had thought deep about it, I would not have a girlfriend when I was in school. Oh yeah. Girlfriend in school, I'll say, No, nah, not me. No, I don't like girls. I like myself. <laughs> Think about it. The guys or the ladies who go to school and don't focus on school, where are they? Where do they what do they achieve in life? If you were to think about these things, that's why sometimes I remember there's a young boy who got arrested by Canoe the other day. Right? There's a boy from our church. He went to the friend to the wrong place at the wrong time. When he went there, 10 minutes later, the customs anti-narcotic unit stormed the house and they arrested everybody in the house, including this little boy who comes to church. They took them to some police place and they kept them there. So at the end of the day, when the mother went to you know, try and sort out to get the boy to come out, 
Then the, the, the one big, uh, big man police officer said, man, I wish I would have taken these two, because it was him and another young boy. The police officer wanted to have taken him, them, to the police station to see, to the jail, prison, to see all them black people, young boys, who dip on nothing in the jail. Why did he, why, why did he want to do that? Why did, why what, what, did he thought of doing that? Because to him, if he would have given these little boys the opportunity, it would have done something to their thinking. But it is not automatic. People don't see things and it affects them until they meditate. That's if you don't meditate, you will not be able to obey things. So, the first thing is that meditation is the art of becoming successful. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 15. Are you with me? Are you learning something? Eric, are you learning something? You learning something this time? You ain't learning nothing. <laughs> oh, you should meditate. You learn something. Hmm. What's your name, sir? Jonathan. Okay, and you are Shamar. Are you learning something, Shamar? Are you learning something? Probably. Okay. It'll come. Don't worry. Yeah, it'll click. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 15. Write it down. The Bible says again, meditate. Meditate. It says meditate upon these things. There are some things that the verse 1, first Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 coming up to verse 14 the Bible spoke about. Now in verse 15 he says, meditate on the things that I've said. And he says, give yourself wholly to them. What will happen? That thy profiting that is your success and your prosperity shall appear. I know what the New Living Translation says. Thy profiting. Profiting means your benefit. The benefits of the things I've told you, if you meditate on it, you see how beneficial it will become. He said, give your, give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your task so that everyone will see your progress. So your progress does not come if you don't meditate on these things that I'm talking about. And give, you see, you will not give yourself to things if you don't meditate on them. That's why on Sunday mornings as I'm preaching about shepherding, I'm even saying that even if you are somebody who wants physical things, look at me. I have the things I have. I am where I am because I, I decided to believe God to be a pastor. I'm not a businessman. I don't have any shop on Regent Street. I don't have no uh, pigs or no chicken in my backyard. All I do is to preach. And God has blessed me, Shama. God has blessed me so much. I don't have to beg. Look at what I have. I mean, the land is so big that I can build my own house here. I don't need anything. I don't need much. It's not because I'm a politician. Not because I'm a businessman. Not because I went to UG. 
Not because of Because I have given my complete attention to what God has been talking to me. And it has caused me to see progress in my life. And I'm telling you, the Bible is telling you that you will also see progress in your life if you will develop the art of meditation. Meditation makes you successful. If you think deep about things, you do well. If you don't think deep about things, you will not do well. Your grandmother never married. Your mother never married. Your mother's sisters never married. Do you have you thought about it? Do you think that you are more beautiful than your mother? You think you are more beautiful than your grandmother? Your grandmother's face is nicer than your face. If I want to tell you that. Your grandmother, when she was your age, no boy could look at her at once. They, could, they couldn't afford you. you. You don't look like your grandmother in her days. But nobody married her. And you think that you will just get married? Your grandfather never drove a vehicle. Your father, up to a day like today, doesn't own a vehicle. Your uncles, they did upon nothing. You and your brothers, you see your other brother, he did upon nothing too. You think that you are going to be progressive? If you don't devote yourself to thinking deep about life and about the things of God, you also become just like them. I am the only kind like this in my family. Oh yeah. My big sister, I come from a family of eight children. Eight. Five girls, three boys. My elder sister, who was born in 1957. Yeah. She's 60, 66 years old. She, she's sick in some hospice. She doesn't remember anybody anymore. She's just there living until she dies. Second one, my big brother, born 1959. He's old. He has retired now. He lives in Ghana. Trying to enjoy his last days because he went to live in America for 40 years. And he didn't see no prosperity that he wanted. So now he's gone back to Ghana to try Oh, he, he said, all oh, he eats is once he get two plantain, he arrives for it. <laughs> he get two plantain and he get some pepper and some tomatoes and some sardine. He mash it up like that, a boy the plantain. He said he, he drink his beer, he arrived for the day. But this is what took him to America 40 years to only come back to one plantain. How much food can you eat? Then my other sister, she lives in Ghana. She's doing uh, uh, charity work. Then number four, she's in London. Into some business, married. Then the next one, Juliet. She's also in London. Uh, also doing her own thing. The other day, told me that she wants she man no more. No. She can do everything by herself. Yeah, she, she won't be. She said, she, said she, she ain't able no more. Because what? Yeah, she tired of the man. One of the things she was telling me is how she man, uh, she, she mother-in-law, 
die and leave some big building in, in, in Ghana. And this her husband went to sell the building millions of dollars. And the man in give she even one dollar. She said, it's, it's over. I don't wish she. <laughs> if this man got so much money from the sale of the building and I ain't get even one dollar, I see, I see wife can never be. Can never be. It's sickening. So she said, she one day nothing no more. Then I'm the next one. I'm the one who is doing ministry, who is a bishop, has a church, has pastors, has congregation. Has a, I'm the one who has that. Then I have a little sister behind me. She too. She said, she wants she man no more. Yeah. Man problems. Yes, come on. Then the last one who came in the other day, who is trying to, trying to walk in the things that I have walked in. That's who will prosper. If he, fo- if he will focus on what he's doing like I'm doing, he will prosper like how I've prospered. So I am the only type in my family because I have given myself to completely to the things that God said. I was living my life somewhere in the white man's country. Then my pastor told me, go to Guyana and start a church. This man wants me to be poor. How can I leave white man country and come and live in Guyana? I remember one guy was coming to help me here. He was coming from Ghana. When he told the people he's coming to Guyana, somebody said, hey, do you know where you are going? He said, yeah. He said, no, you don't know. He said, Guyana, the people walk around with only bok talk. And they got some arrows and some uh, bow and arrow. They shoot people. I said, that is where you are going. Don't go to Guyana. Don't go to Guyana. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, God is speaking to you. For those who don't think deep about life, God is saying, start thinking very deep. People don't have time to think. It's from one thing to the other. You are there, your friend says, Marco, go, I'm going by me, girlfriend. You, you will come, come, let me go. You just pick up yourself and just go on. Then before you realize, some car accident, something, and then something happened. Then you mother and you father, they cry and they hollering. You are at Judge Hospital, one foot is broken. All kinds of nonsense. Because when the boy called you on a Sunday morning, like, let's go to the creek, you didn't think about it. God is speaking to you. That meditation is the secret to success in life. All the people who go off and go wrong, they don't think deep. Oh yes. Oh yes. When, let me close with this. When I went to the Netherlands in 1990, 1990, I migrated to the Netherlands. I was 21 years old. I moved to Holland. Then when I got to Holland, I enrolled to study at the University of Amsterdam. Then my dad and my sisters, they said, you know what? America is the best place to go and become a doctor. 
because I was trying to do, get to med- medical school and I, 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 I couldn't get through. So they gave me some fancy course, medical biology. So my dad said, you know what? I should go to America. And then even my brother who has been to America for so many years that we don't hear from, maybe it will be an opportunity for me to connect him back home. Because my father thought my big brother was dead. No letter, no phone call, no nothing. When people come to Ghana and he asks them, have you seen my brother, any, my son anywhere? He said, no, 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 for a long time, nobody knows where he is. So my, my father almost wanted to do a funeral. One day, he wanted to do a funeral for my big brother. No, he thought he was dead. He thought he was dead. So, my, my sisters and my father, they supported me going to America. So my big sister, who now doesn't remember anybody, those days it was very easy. She took, she made me take a passport picture and then took it to somebody, a contact at the passport office. And the people, she paid the money and the people gave me a Dutch passport. With my picture and a Dutch passport. And she gave it to me and said, brother, America, here I come. Because of the Dutch passport, you didn't need a visa to go to America. So here I am, when I open the Dutch passport, my picture is inside. I'm just about six months or so in, 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 in Holland. They said that I should go and go and bring my brother home and be a doctor. Then I, I thought about it. I said, you know what? What about if I'm going and then immigration say, bye. What's this? Because the passport, you see, the passport was like, you see, the passport, just like, let's say Guyana, the passport is in the passport office, but it has not been issued to anybody. It is when they issue it to somebody, then they, they input the number, passport number, this is Natifa ranking. So the numbers were there, but it was not connected to anybody. Because once they put it in the system, they become official. So the, the, the passport itself, it is not in the system. So somebody can put your picture inside and you can, you can go to America because America, the systems and the Holland systems were not connected. So they wouldn't know that the passport is not registered in the system. So when they give you that passport, you can't live in Holland. You have to, you have to run away somewhere. But wherever you are, you can flow because they can never know that that passport number is not activated. And that's the password they gave me to go to America. I was afraid. So I decided to think about it. I asked my pastor. My pastor says I shouldn't go. I want to tell my sister I won't go. Hey, come and see abusing. She abused me from heaven to earth. I was still meditating. Then one day in a dream, clearly in a dream, I heard a voice, don't go. Don't go to America. Stay right here. You see, if your uncle says, I put in for you to come to America, you will never think about it. If I, as you are living, you are waiting for the medical, you are waiting for three years, you are waiting for the embassy to call you, there is nothing about meditating on what you are doing. I was in Europe. I didn't have to move anywhere. And I was being given the opportunity to go to America. Do you know how many thousands of, of, of people in Holland who would have gotten that passport and would have gone? In fact, there was a lady. I have a friend. Her name is called Esther. She's a medical doctor in Texas now. 
She came to Holland. She punished and punished and punished. In somebody's passport, she gave the person money and took the passport and went through immigration Holland and went to America to live. Now she's a medical doctor. She used somebody's passport, not her own. And me, I've got a passport that has my name and has my picture. And you say, you won't go? Some Baku is following you. So, Masakura, some Masakura, Masakura man is following you. Some moon gazer is for some old eye. Some old eye spirit is upon your life. You don't want, pro- you don't want progress. As I meditated on it, God said, don't go. Not knowing that some lighthouse chapel was coming to Holland. Yeah. Not knowing that somebody called Bishop Dagwood Mills was going to come and start a church in Amsterdam and he needed me to start the church. And that after a while, he, he sent me to Guyana. So God, how many years ago? 1990. 91. It was around 91. God said, don't go. My sister didn't speak to me for about two months. She vex. She vex. She vex. But I had to think about it. I had to speak about, pray about it. My pastor had to also tell me, don't go. But I had a dream. All I know from the dream is that I heard God's voice. Don't go anywhere. That's why I'm here today. Stand to your feet, please. <laughs> Hallelujah. We feel some of you sleep on me tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wow. 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 Laka broske brene me kerie bebebe. Barasa tatata barabaka barabababa. Marandere me kebreske brene me kerie abaka barabababandoro mosetere Meditation on your word of God. Help us to meditate. Makatoromo, riketebe, makabra baba, kata marandesi, nikerie makaba, romo mosoto mokorio, makaba sata makaya mabarandesi, ikereme sata tamanduru mukebe bebebe, rikata tata maandere meka baba makabara basata, rikete meke bendere meka bara basata baba bando, riketete maraka tata makatara baba ba, iramaya masutoro mukebro romo soto, rakabara basata bababa katamandereme reketetebe bandoromoke iria basata andaramakababanda rekebebe seteme riara rakatata barandoromoke brebebebebebe rakatimarandirimi kababasita bakato rekete marandaramama meditation of God meditate on these things give thyself holy to them that I that poverty you will appear rakatara bababa meditate on it day and night so you 
you observe to do what is written according in it. So you shall make your way prosperous and thou shalt have good success. Lord God Almighty, let us walk into success, O God. The art of meditation is the art of being successful. Nakataba rende mekerie, rima mama suto robo kebebe bandaria, marama mama maseterie, makataraba londo robo kebebebe, riba sataraba kabala baba bandu, sataraba kabala baba baba, nakataba baba. Now tonight 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 you are here Every eye closed Close your eyes You are here tonight You are not saved If you die right now Think about it. What happens to you? If you were to die right now, God forbid, on your way out, if you die, where will you go? The Bible says that it is appointed unto man once to die, and after death, judgment. If there is judgment after death, then it means that you and I after we are dead will show up in some court to be judged now when you show up in that court where eyes cannot see to be judged will you be found guilty or you be found innocent will you be will you be shown the way to go to hell or you go to heaven think about that tonight and if you know deep down in your heart that you don't even understand the judgment and you are sure if your destination you, you don't know whether it's heaven or hell you're not sure that, that you need to be saved that you need to pray a certain prayer you, you need to tell Jesus that you, you know, he should forgive you of your sins you need to tell God that God I'm a sinner forgive me of my sins and, and wash me with the blood of Jesus you need to receive Jesus into your heart you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior that is when and only when you'll be judged rightfully and you'll be shown the way to heaven. Bishop, tonight, it is me. I want to be saved. I want to pray that prayer to God. I want you to help me to pray that prayer. I'm not just going to stand here and not think deep about what you're saying. I need Jesus in my life. I want to be enlarged. I want to be like Joshua to step into a boundless future of prosperity and success. But it all starts with accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Bishop, please pray for me. I lift up my right hand. I'm the one you have to pray for, Bishop. If you're here like that, you know you need Jesus. Just lift up your right hand. I want to pray with you. Bishop, pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. I see those hands. God bless you. God bless you. Is, there, is there a time to joke? Is there a time to laugh? It's a very serious time. It's a time that is defining 
heaven or hell for you if you lifted up your hand if you lift up your hand I will pray for you if you lifted up your hand I want to pray for you come to me it's such a wonderful decision you're making today this is the difference maker don't worry people who are out there don't know what they're doing if I tell you that there's a place called heaven you argue with me then something is not right because I can tell you of a place name in America that you, you don't know but it's real so if I say there's a heaven if I tell there's heaven and you say oh I don't believe there's heaven then you are not thinking straight but I thank God that you've come forward and you know in your heart that you need Jesus so close your eyes lift up your two hands and pray this prayer after me say with me heavenly father I am a sinner forgive me of all my sins wash me with the blood of Jesus I believe with all my heart and I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus I believe Jesus is Lord I believe Jesus died on the cross I believe God raised Jesus from the dead I believe Jesus is alive and therefore I open my heart and I receive Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior I know by this simple prayer I am saved I am born again my life has changed my life has changed my life has changed I am a brand new person I am moving towards the promise of God enlargement is my portion and I believe my name is in the book of life thank you heavenly father for saving my soul. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now let me pray for you. Father, I pray for everyone who is here at the altar who thought about your word and has given their life to you. I pray for them. I pray the Lord you will cover them with your blood. I pray the Lord you will lead and guide them on this dark road here on earth that your word will be a lamp unto their feet and a light unto their path. I pray above all the Lord, you carry them, O oh God. Let your mighty hand rest upon their lives. I see them enlarging into prosperity and into success. I see them fulfilling the purpose and the plan of God for their lives. I see them great and mighty in this life. Thank you for the salvation given to them today. In Jesus' name. For booking and more information on the Ministry of Victor Collins, please call us on 592-691-5301 or email us at shepherdhousegy at gmail.com. God richly bless you.